a Radio 191 FM podcast. Tuesday morning, that means it's time for our weekly catch-up with the museum. And right now I'm joined by Curator of Natural Science at the museum, Emma Burns. Morena to you, Emma. Kia ora. How are we today? Oh, very well, thank you. Marvellous. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Rightio. Um, in all of your professional life, did you ever think you'd be writing a blog post entitled Rue Balls? No, but having worked at the museum for a number of years, this has been been on the cards to come up. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, how, how did it come about? Well, I'm well, as part of my role as the curator, I'm kind of the person in charge of the museum's Breathless Zoo up in Animal Attic. Mm. And so this particular, zoo, like <laughs> this particular display of a eastern grey uh, kangaroo has been getting a lot of attention from visitors over many, many years. Yes. Ooh, ours, the, yeah. the cheeky selfie. And then just recently it appeared in the, the Critic magazine um, as a potential uh, for a heist. Um, so I was going, oh, this might be the time to talk about this. <laughs> so, and I was also a bit, a bit curious because I've always, always talked about the bulls as being um, something that might have been uh, a bit of artistic license by the, yeah. the taxidermist who was Edwin Jennings, who was the museum's first taxidermist. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll just I'll have a, a bit of a deeper look into this and uh, work out whether Jennings was on the money with the anatomy of this. And it turns out, surprise, surprise, it's um, it's actually quite anatomically correct. Yeah, really. Yeah. Because it's they're not they're not small. No, they're not small. They're not small. Yeah, they dangle uh, pendulously. Uh, yeah, they do. They do. God, that face, it's so it's Yeah, so he great. looks pretty chuffed with himself. He, he really does. Yeah. He really does. He looks yeah. very happy with his life. Yeah, so even. he... Um, they're, they're anatomically correct for um, what you'd expect to see in a, a, kangaroo, a male kangaroo on a, on a very hot day. So it's, <laughs> when it's hotter than a, than a shearer's armpit in Australia, <laughs> as they say, that's how they'd be, um, they'd be positioned. Yeah, after the tortoise show, I'd say this would be the most photographed thing in the museum. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Animal Addict <laughs> gets a lot of love. Does uh, yeah. and it's happy that it's been it's open again because it wasn't open when I was a child. Yep, yeah. So it was um, it was closed for many years and then reopened again in about 1995 in its kind of current um, arrangement and then was closed for a little bit in uh, 2011 as well for a bit of a revamp. Yep, yeah. Mm. Why did they close it? Just sun damage? Uh, well, sun damage. Yeah, originally they had uh, skylights that lit the museum, which was very energy efficient for the time, but mm-hmm. also terrible, terrible for um, for the plumage on the birds and the fur on the on the mammals and things so that was uh, covered over in the 1990s as well and then when we did a refresh in the in the, um, the early 2010s that was just to replace labels and basic taxonomic kind of updates and things like that yeah 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 so these are quite old balls very old balls um, probably around 100 to 120 years old um, so they look still looking quite perky you expect something <laughs> to dangle a lot lower than that if they were um, the equivalent in people I guess I hope not <laughs> I really hope not. Um, now, rubles are like like human balls. They move closer um, and further away from the body, depending on temperature, uh, to keep the optimum temperature for sperm production. Yes. Yep. Um, but roos um, do it like only roos do. They've got a, a pouch of sorts. Yes, they've got a, sp- a special, um, I guess I could call it almost a fuzzy fur- uh, foreskin, uh, hanging out behind their testicles. <laughs> 
um, which is called the propitial uh, sac, uh, which has the the penis tucked up in it. And I guess when visitors look at the uh, the kangaroo in the attic, once they see the balls, they wonder where uh, mm. the member might be hiding. Um, so they have to pay a little bit of a where's Wally. Um, and they're quite interested to find out that the arrangement of uh, kangaroos' junk, basically, um, is the opposite array round to humans. So the testicles in front of the the penis is yes. the other way round. Yeah. Why? Do we know why? Why? Uh, it's probably it's a it's kind of I guess a um, a switch of evolution basically. Like we could have gone either way, humans, and but somewhere along the line there would have been a mutation which meant. Um, one side of the design went one way and yeah. one side the other. Um, so, yeah, I'm so glad it happened to them. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> well, I'm sure the Roos probably think the, the same way about humans. I think everybody's quite happy with oh, the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is the same for all pouched mammals. Um, is that right? Yes, yeah. 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 So they've got it um, yeah, the opposite way around to, to placentile mammals. So there's a little bit of difference in the placentile mammals. We've got you know whales and dolphins that have them internally. Um, and you could argue that the, the testicles are above the penis and, um, and some of the cetaceans and things, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, it's, it's interesting that they got the pouches too. Because, like, uh, you know, you could have, humans could have easily, well, we could use the pouch. Because, like, we obviously, because... Um, coin purses? Well, no, yeah, yeah, coin <laughs> purses. But for, for, for obvious reasons of, of standing up uh, and walking upright, mm-hmm. we can't um, really have big babies. Right, so we've got to um, rear them from an age of which they're pretty useless. Yeah. Or other animals, they come out and they can run within ten minutes. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and fear for themselves almost. Uh, kangaroos are the same as us um, for, for reasons, um, but they have the pouch. Yeah, they for do. their babies. Yeah, so they give birth to a a, um, a wee jelly baby, basically, of around two centimetres in length, and it kind of wriggles out of the, the, the vagina of the mother into a um, into a pouch, where the lot, most of the development happens. So yeah. um, right through from their um, their their reproductive anatomy starts to present at probably about I think it's about two days in, in male um, kangaroos and a few days a few kind of days well, later. Well you would if you had balls that big they'd have to come Yeah you have to start quite growing quite. pretty early on <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah and they develop right through until um, there's something that can kind of get around for themselves. Yeah and there's one of three vaginas that a kangaroo has. Yeah there's I've sent everybody down quite a rabbit hole with the, um, the <laughs> blog there's a, a whole bunch of amazingly weird and wonderful Things um, that marsupials do around their reproductive yeah. organism. So yeah, They've marsupials two, are amazing. Two uteruses, so they can be perpetually pregnant. Yes, yeah, and that's uh, that's an adaptation that assists with um, with breeding around the the drought season as well. So basically, they can kind of um, continue to to, um, to kind of store resources and um, slowly. Because yeah. oh. yeah. yeah, I, I thought about you know is that a survival of the population type thing, but there was no real predators for them. You know they they were an apex animal. Yeah, well there is one predator for them. And that's obviously humans. Oh, yeah, yeah, humans. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. maybe the dingo. Yeah, probably the dingo. As well. Probably yeah, the yeah. dingo. And but probably historically there are some other um, larger predators that. Yeah, oh, from back in the, back in the day. Yeah, yeah yes. would have enjoyed a kangaroo steak on occasion. Sadly, the moa and the kiwi are both Australian. Let's not forget that fact. <laughs> I like pointing that out to people. It pisses me off, but I like saying it to people. Um, all right. So, and um, like you know, we have lucky rabbits' feet in Australia. You can get you know either them a key key change uh, key, chain. And uh, they do the same for root balls over there. They the do, yeah. So it's legal to cull kangaroos in um, parts of Australia. And that was originally um, brought on as a program to try and control how the um, how the habitat is affected or the landscapes are affected by a large overpopulation of kangaroos. But there's also 
now because de- uh, businesses developed to try and um, use those kangaroos um, and the populations are normally a little bit more buoyant now yeah. um, the, there's now quotas to, to harvest in order to, to I guess to um, keep those businesses sustainable and one of those businesses is the uh, Rubal souvenir trade so yeah. the, the poor old nutsack of the, the kangaroo are, uh, made into key rings and bottle openers and all those other kind of fair dinkum ochre type uh, souvenirs <laughs> yeah. that you can buy at airport souvenir stands and such. You know, and they're said to be twice as lucky as rabbit's feet um, and from the <coughs> country too, I guess. Excuse me. Um, imagine working in that factory. Yes, yeah. Well, it'd be, I guess it'd be a tricky job because the skin on, te- on, um, on kangaroo's testicles is actually quite thin. Yeah. So skinning them would be, you could either easily bugger it up, I guess. Why are they, um, uh, why are they so, uh, thin? <laughs> so fun. Um, what thin. they, oh, oh, thin. thin, oh, thin, sorry. Um, yeah, they're fun as well. I guess, um, <laughs> They're, they're thin because the, one of the other ways that the kangaroo has to, um, uh, that's important for kangaroo uh, sperm production is obviously, we mentioned before, keeping the, the sperm cool. Um, dangling isn't enough sometimes, so they have to, um, the, they actually do sweat um, and yep. they will actually lick their testicles as well. Um, and that allows the, the moisture to, um, to gather in the thin layer of fur that covers the, the scrotum. Um, and then as it dries out, um, heat exchange causes that, that moisture to be whipped away and a nice cooling effect uh, uh-huh. brings the temperature temperature down again so um, that's why they have quite thin skin it, it, does, it gets very hot yes, but does. we must remember that it gets quite cold at night yes it does so in that in that situation the the um, chromastic reflex sticks um, kicks in again and um, draws those those testicles up close to the nice fluffy belly of the of the kangaroo to keep them toasty and warm and because I guess because there's no real breeding season for kangaroos, are they? So they're growing all the time, and I guess that's probably why they have such large testicles because they have to be high producing. Yes. Yeah. Do, and, and what about in terms? Of, sorry. Um, uh, and also with that, in terms of mating patterns, do they have multiple partners? Um, I haven't looked into that so much. Um, I, they definitely. Yeah, I'd say they would because they're a. Um, they're a competitive uh, breeder, so that they normally have like a big buck or a big boomer. There's, oh, yeah, there's many names nice. for a male um, kangaroo, and they they compete with each other for basically a harem of um, of females. And um, oh. yeah, it's basically the biggest, strongest male is the is the one who kind of gets to you know kick it with the girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the other, oh, I was gonna say, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. That's fine. That's my fault. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, you know, so there's those big bucks that look real muscly, like they're actual like human muscles, and yes, they yeah. use the box. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, the other um, the other point of the cre- um, the chromastic reflex as well is obviously just like human males, if um, they want to protect their their testicles, um, so that the, that reflex kicks in as well when they're fighting. It draws the um, the testicles in close so that they um, they don't get damaged during um, during a bout. Um, and also they're, they're drawn in during the um, during the the business end of uh, mating as well, so they get out of the way of their um, their boners. Yeah. Um, and allows that heat to heat up and stuff as well, so those little sperm and they are wriggly and primed and ready to go when it's um, down to business. Nice. And, and they they kick out. So I mean, you'd, you a front kick from a kangaroo, probably great height actually for the testicles and they probably go for that point yes yeah yeah <laughs> oh, a lot of scratching as well so ah. and i mentioned before that the skin around the testicles is quite thin the, oh. and it's generally quite thin around the whole of the kangaroo actually to keep them keep them cool during um hot weather but the the, the place where it's the thickest is around the shoulders and stuff because that's where they're getting kind of scratched and bashed and so it wouldn't up. take much to um be like um, buck shelford <laughs> probably not yeah <laughs> 
Oh no. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, Buck, yeah, look at that. Yeah. It's all just working out this morning. Oh, there's so many puns. In um, yeah, I bet there is. Uh, has it been quite the hoot around the office? Uh, yeah, it's been quite fun, actually, to, yeah, to. Um, yeah, everybody's been kind of going nuts for it, I guess you could say. Uh, it just won't stop. It just won't stop. And um, thank you to the powers that be there at the museum uh, for allowing you to uh, produce this work. Yeah, I was quite surprised that they let me um, <laughs> have the full run of um, of this topic. Yeah. But, I mean, it must be a little bit sad now that it's done. You know, you've been wanting to do this for a while, and now it's all over. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend ask me the other day, oh gosh, is this a pinnacle of your career? What's next? <laughs> yeah, your peak. So, um, yeah, I'll have to, to, to meditate on that a wee bit more, I think. <laughs> oh, well, there's plenty of other animals up there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. There's lots of lovely things to see. There's yeah, fantastic stories. And, you know, you know, marsupials are amazing. Mammals are amazing. Animals are amazing in general. Yeah. Just, you know, so much amazing stuff about life and biodiversity. So it's That's great, right. great fun. You would say that. You're a natural scientist. Um, all right, Brian. Well, thank you so much for coming over this morning. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for um, writing this blog. And everyone should go check it out. Uh, a lovely picture that you've drawn as well. <laughs> well, I couldn't find quite the one I wanted. So. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Uh, you don't want to put any real ones in there. Um, so just go to tugamuseum.nz forward slash blog forward slash rubles. Uh, to find the blog uh, piece uh, by Emma and uh, go to read. It's quite interesting. Uh, the, you know, while it is a funny subject, it is also nature and, and, and a natural thing, and it's something we, sh- you know, should all learn about. All these things about animals. You know, you like all the the cute, cuddly stories, and I'm sure that other roos find these quite cute and cuddly, but they're a bit weird. Uh, no, it's great. Uh, thank you very much for coming in once again. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.